Hi, I'm Peter. I'm Marcus. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to Prep Hour. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Prep Hour. Today, we'll be talking about a vital aspect of teaching, building community in the classroom and in the school building at large. So, gentlemen, first thing in your experience when you're when we're talking about in your own classroom, you're starting off the school year. You got to set a tone. How how do you get that started in your in your classroom? Well, I that's such a hard question. I think it's it's one that um, if you'd asked the first or second year teacher, I would have an, answered a lot differently as I as I, as I progress throughout my career. Um, that changed quite a bit, and I think. I I want to I want to disarm kids and I want them to make, I want them to feel empowered in my classroom. I want them to feel like they have a stake in the classroom. And I think a lot of that is I think you have to give them time. And for me, that was always I want to develop a relationship with those kids at some point. And that meant you know asking questions to kids, hanging out in the hallway like we did uh, throughout our career, and ask you know and and just ask them how their weekend was, what they were doing. And those are, I think, all subtle things that happen over time that take time. Um, and I always said, you know, the reward is always the third quarter. So I think that's the first part. I think you have to establish a relationship with, with kids. And it's hard. Some kids don't want one, and that's fine too. But those who do, it makes a difference. And I think you see the residual of that. Kids are coming in your classrooms before school, lunch, or whatever. But I always, I always go back to two. You know, I always, I as as my career progressed, the one thing I wanted to do is, I, I was like, who do I not want to lose in my classroom? So when I made when I made a tough decision uh, on, let's say, a test that maybe I just didn't do a good job as a, as a, as a teacher, there are certain kids you just don't want to lose their respect. Every decision I make, I want to make sure that those kids still respect what I do at the end of the day. And, and I think everybody, it was kind of your leaders of the classroom. And I think those kids will fall in line in most cases, not all of them, but that's just how I let, and it seemed to work for me. Um, I think it's, I, it's, I, I can't express for me how important the relationship angle is um, nowadays because kids want to, and I think generally want to like their teachers. And I don't understand why you would teach otherwise you know, to develop the, I mean, obviously we all love our curriculum and everything else and what we teach, but you know, it's the kids at the end of the day. Yeah. I would, I would say if you don't like kids you don't like teenagers, I don't know what you're doing in the classroom, but I, you know, we've seen them before. It's the great pay. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, the summer's Wait, I'm missing something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would mirror a lot of what Mark said in my classroom. My first few years was always, you know, you're, you're kind of scared and you're just, you know, let's go over the syllabus and let's talk about the class rules. And, and then, you know, by day two, you think, okay, I need to start getting into material and uh, doing those things. And that's what I did for the first couple of years. And then as I felt more comfortable in the classroom and I started leaving my, my ego uh, at home, uh, I started realizing getting more on their level and using, we always started school on a Wednesday like in the middle of the week. And even if we didn't, I always use the first two days, three days. We didn't do anything related to curriculum. It was always team building exercises. We would discuss why we did those team building exercises. Some of them were pretty, you know, they're a little cheesy, um, you know, at the high school level and, and kids will kind of make fun of them or it'll seem campy. But I, I think deep down they're kind of they like it. They like going to school yeah. and doing something. You know, they're they're teenagers, so everything, you know, they're too cool for everything. But <laughs> nobody ever 
didn't participate. And we talked about why we participated. There's a lot of group work in my classroom, but not a lot of, we don't do group projects or anything like that, but there's tons of interaction with each other. And just spending two or three days forcing them to interact, even as adults, we're the same way, you know, and I would always open it up that way. I'd say, hey, look, we're going to do icebreakers. I hate icebreakers. I won't have you do anything I wouldn't do, but I've been to a number of professional development courses and, you know, where they have you do icebreakers. And the thing is, is they work because after 10, 15 minutes of doing them, you feel a lot more comfortable with your neighbor. You find common interests. You find who you like, who you don't like, who you need to stay away from, who you want to work with, those types of things. And then it tells you as a teacher, as you're going around and they're doing these things, you know, you know, in the first three days, you don't have to wait for the first assignment. You already know, okay, who's going to be my slacker? Who's going to be my talker? Who are going to be my leaders? Who are going to be my worker bees? Who, who am I going to, who are, who's going to be a challenge? Who's going to present a challenge because they're kind of sitting there with their arms folded. And <laughs> it just helps you as a teacher building that community within the first couple of days. You know, I would hear teachers that are like, nope, first day we, we, I, I email them the syllabus and then we get started on work the first day, which is, if that's how you want to do your classroom, that's fine. Um, I always cringed at that. Cause I thought there's so, it's so valuable to get to know your students in those first few days. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I think on that note too, like I, I've never understood that either just because when I look at a classroom, it's, it's, you know, 30, 35, um, people with information that I might not have, you know? And so to just, to just, you know, totally discount the, the relationship piece where helping kids feel like, you know, they're comfortable to share ideas and things like that. That doesn't make sense to me because I certainly don't know everything about anything. So, yeah. And it builds community. I mean, I would say every time, cause they're doing these icebreakers, they're doing this and they have to present things, short stuff. They're designed to kind of make you look a little foolish, which mm-hmm. lets you kind of get out of your shell a little bit. And there's always within the first few days, our class already has like a couple inside jokes because mm-hmm. somebody said or did something that was, you know, funny. People were laughing at it, but weren't laughing at them. Right. And it just kind of gets everybody into this, you know, like this is our class. Like this is our right. class with Coach Demos, and we value the people in this class. We value our teacher for allowing us to do this. And, and you know, Mark said, you know, there's students that don't care about that relationship, but I think they still respect that you try to form a relationship well and and some kids like you might think they don't they don't aren't into it or whatever they're not into you know they don't really care about the teacher but then i mean i've had this happen i'm sure you guys have happened had this happen where i had a a girl come to me a couple years ago who i had had a year prior or two years prior and she never spoke in my classroom so i thought that's one of the ones that I missed or whatever. Mm-hmm. She came back and gave me a card, you know, graduation card and whatever. And you, you know, what, thank you for class and everything else. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay. Well, you didn't say a word in my class. You know what I mean? So we never know who, you know, when we put that, put that effort in who we're really affecting. I know. It's always funny. You get one, you'll get a note and they're like, you were the funniest teacher I've ever had. And I'm like, I swear to God, I thought you were going to stab me. <laughs> like you had dagger eyes every day. I thought you hated everything about this class and me and then they give you this note like you were so fun and you're like you never smiled once yeah well it's funny because we when i when i we started working on building communities and again i think it was my early career probably year four or five 
you know, honestly, I wasn't sure why we were doing this. Mm. That was the crazy thing. What, what's the point? Because mm-hmm. it didn't translate. Because I kept thinking, well, is it, are we building a community at school or are we building a community in my classroom? I wasn't real sure if those two matched. But then as, as, I, as again, as I progressed in my career, one of the things I think that I, no one ever, no one ever made that connection. I just finally made it in my own, uh, you know, in my own slow process. The reason why community building is so important in our classroom is that kid who thought you were funny uh, or gave you the card, you're giving them a safe place. And I think that probably says as much as anything, a safe place to be intellectually. Um, they may ch- they may not say much that, but they're thinking. Um, and then eventually they may have that moment, I always say at the end of the year, where they actually do say something and the whole class stops and listens. And I think that's the one thing I, that really is not spelled out in a community. When we build, we're talking about this in the classroom, is that, and we've all experienced teachers uh, at our schools who just don't have that. And I, I think it impedes their, their learning, the process of learning for them. And I, and, and I'll never forget. It was an AP conference years ago. He goes, this, he goes, allow these kids to fail. There's not a mm-hmm. safer place in the world than in your own classroom, mm-hmm. a professional's there. And he said, he goes, if you build a community where there's trust in there, these kids are going to take intellectual leaps and that's what we want them to do. And if they're not doing that, if we're not doing that as as teachers, I think we're we're missing a boat, and not everybody's capable of doing it. And but I think also it has to be sincere. We can't, you know, if if we look up something and like Pete was talking about trying to build a community playing a game that you're not really into, you can get away with it once, but you can't get away with it yeah. two, three times. You just can't because, as you said a few episodes ago, they're going to see you through see through you, and they just you just can't do it. So you, we have to be ourselves. But I think it, building that community is cannot be understated, and it's hard to do. It's not not every we make light of it because I think all three of us were pretty good at it, really good at it. But it's not easy for everybody to do it. Yeah. It really isn't. And I think I think that teachers underestimate really their role in that, and it's little things like, and you do have to be true to yourself. So you know, Peter and I have I think different humor sometimes in the classroom. You know, I, I taught next to Peter for a couple of years and um, could you, could you hear me? Oh, next door? oh no, you're quiet as a, you know, church mouse. <laughs> um, but you, but he makes his humor and his personality work in his classroom and he leverages that for, you know, to, to build community. And I do the same in my classroom, you know what I mean? And, and I think that, you know, sometimes teachers go to professional developments or they listen to people talk about, how do you build community and whatever? And they forget that you have to leverage your own personality and your own um, skills. I mean, I think there are little things you can't, every teacher should be doing. Like, for example, I think communities built in small ways a lot of times. And so if you start your class and you immediately jump into content every single day and never have a little bit of chit chat ever and you're, well, you're not going to build community. So like there's, you know, I think it's really powerful when you take the first two minutes, Hey, how's it going, everybody? How's your weekend? that kind of stuff, really simple things that matters to these kids. And this is just one thing that I do to start off every year um, is I, I emphasize community, but in the way that we all either rise or fall together, that's kind of my, my mantra in my classroom. And so we sit in groups and everything else. And on day one, instead of doing content and I don't even do the syllabus on day one, I do the syllabus on day two, but on day one, I do social contracts. Um, and so, you know, put the, I put the poster up on the board and I say, all right, everybody, we're going to come up with a social contract, which is an agreement. We're all going to come up with the rules of the classroom together because we're a community and because your success is my success and vice versa. And so I give them a couple minutes to talk together in their little small groups about what 
expectations need to be put into place, what rules need to be put into place so that everyone is successful and has a good, you know, a good learning environment. And I, and I talk about that. It's not just about learning, but a comfortable environment when you're, you're comfortable in. And, um, and then we, they share up and I write it up on the poster and we're teachers. So of course I direct the conversation where I, I already know what I need up on that poster, but we're going to direct it to where it's at. And, you know, as the kid says, you know, we want you, we, we think everyone should be respectful. I have a quick, I kind of elaborate on that a little bit, or we have a quick conversation about that. And what you're doing is you're getting the kids to buy in because they're creating those expectations. And then they all sign it and I sign it and I, and we put it up on the, um, on the, and by the way, it's not just expectations that students have of each other or that I should have of students. It's what they expect of me. And the students will say like, we expect you when you tell, when you can tell something's wrong or we've had a bad weekend or a bad day, you know, to cut, cut, cut us some slack, you know? And, um, and that's a really good conversation, I think. And then we all sign it, hang it up and you do that for each class. And then it stays there all, all, all year. And, I refer back to it. You know, if we've had a, a rough week or a rough day, kids aren't listening. All right, we need to take a look back up here. You all signed this. You came up with it. And that, that's that been powerful for me. Well, and I'm going to add something you talk, touched on. I think you, you kind of glossed over that. It was really important. You touched, you know, the, the building community in small steps. And one of those one of those steps I always thought of too, we talked about the beginning of the class and the end of the class. Those are not times, teachers, are, there's five, six minutes every day that's, there's obviously no academic instruction. You're taking attendance, you're closing up class, kids are getting their cell phones, whatever. And it, it's a great opportunity for a teacher to walk around the classroom, mm. see what kids are up to, talk to them, whatever. And I think a lot of teachers are married, Some not, I shouldn't say a lot, some teachers are married to the desk or they're afraid to do it. And it's such so disarming because um, they want to do it. They want to tell you, like, there's, they're going to tell you things you don't want to know. Right. You know, and, uh, or they're going to ask you questions that there's certainly much more, there's a lot of layers to it that you're not going to go into with a 15 or 16 year old, but that's also a sign that they care. And so that's a real important time. I think, especially the end of class, that's what you made me think of, Marcus, is when those kids were getting their cell phones or whatever, at the end, that's when you start walking up and down the, 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 your rows or whatever and just, or hang out by the door, whatever they do. And I know teachers hate that, but you can get in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, you can get in the middle of that and just say, hey, what, what's going on? What are you guys doing this weekend? And then they won't leave your classroom. You know, yeah. you want to yeah. get out of here. Go. Yeah, go to your want, next room. Yeah. If you're, if you're wondering, if you're a teacher, you're new or you're an older teacher and you're like, how do I get, how do I get street cred with my students? Are you walking amongst them? Are you going out into the hall? Are you just walking up to a group of students and being like, hey, what do you, you know, just, just be goofy. Like, cause they'll look at you. They're always going to look at you like you have a horn growing out of your head, but they recognize immediately who the scared teachers are, who don't want anything to do with kids and who has no, if, if they know you have no problem, just walking right up to them. But yeah, like you said, they're teachers that they, they stand in a corner, they stand behind a podium or they stand at their, you know, behind their desk and just sit there. Yeah. I've seen teachers just sit there. You're, you're missing some, some real opportunities. Um, do you mind if I ask you individual, I know Marcus, you already talked about some things that you do, but like Mark, what do you, like if you had like your top three list, if there's a teacher listening right now um, or parents listening and wondering what, what teachers are doing to gain trust and respect and build community. What are like the top three things that you, that you do? Well, we, we touched on it. I, I think the first one without a doubt is developing a rapport with kids. I, I think that to me, cause we were talking about classroom management. I don't know if I really had a classroom management the last 10, 15 years I taught. I really didn't. 
I'd say, you know, I go, it was a, you know, it was in a syllabus, but I couldn't tell you verbatim what it was. You know, it's like, tell me, name the first 26 presents. I can't do it. You know, it, it's so I think the, the first one is just res, let's respect everybody who walks in our room. Mm. You know, that was the first thing. But I think the thing and I and that word gets I that word kind of gets under my skin because I get think it gets tossed around a lot. But I think it's so important. What's that? The respect. OK. Yeah. It, it, and, and I think it's something we all demand, but we don't give it back. Mm. And I think that that was the first thing I always try to do is I try to respect kids as much as I possibly could. And in some ways, the kids I didn't like, I gave them more respect, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want them to see that I didn't like them. And so, so yeah. that was hard. You're always going over the top with those kids once in a while. But I think that was the first thing. You know, it all started to me with the relationship part. And then two and three, I think I, I touched on before, I just wanted to make sure I followed up on those things. And um, establish that rapport with him because I think everything else kind of fell in line um, was establishing that community. And I always wanted, the one thing I always tried to do, and, and Marcus made a thing about it earlier, somebody said this to me many years ago, when possible, let the kid out, or let the student have the last word. And so whenever we would go into something and they would say something that was, you know, obviously good, good for the order, I'd let it hang for a minute and then I'd move on. I wouldn't say that's a great, that was really nice or that was really good because, you know, so I was always, so, whoever points, it was about questioning. It was a professional development about questioning. And they said, you know, as soon as you say, Marcus, that was a great answer. Well, what was wrong with Pete's answer? Mm-hmm. You know, and Pete answered the same, virtually the same question just as well. Maybe answered it a little bit differently. So I stayed away from that. I didn't say that was a great answer. I just let it hang and then move on. And that seemed to work a lot. And it seemed to get kids out of their shell a little bit more. And I invited participation a lot. I know it drove my next door neighbors quite, quite crazy once in a while. But that was the one thing I think I, I always want to let them have. I want the kids to have the room, and I I try to do that. That's what worked for me, and I was lucky enough because I had kids that could do it because I taught AP, and that obviously allows that. Uh, other classes maybe not so much, but a lot of times, even if it's the same ten kids talking, so be it. Yeah. So be it. I, I would say in my classroom, the first thing that I did, one of the things that I did. Uh, a few years back was uh, I went on Amazon and bought a phone caddy. Um, basically it looked like a shoe organizer mm. and, and just took, you know, just took the cell phones from the students, which oddly enough, they didn't really balk at it too much. They didn't. They didn't balk um, at all, yeah. And I think a lot of that is because they were so glad to just be away from it because mm-hmm. they're Snapchatting somebody or somebody Snapchats them or texts them that age group. It's, it's weird. Like, you know, I'll go 24 hours without texting sometimes my own wife, you know, right. <laughs> it's, and you know, we don't take offense to it at that age. If you don't text back within seconds, you know, it's, it, you know, so they constantly feel the need that they have to text. They have to Snapchat. They have to do this. They have to do that. And you can be the bad guy. They can mm-hmm. tell their friend, I can't, I can't text you. or I can't engage in that, which they don't really want to, but they feel the peer pressure of it. They can just blame me. They'll be like, oh, my stupid economics teacher won't right. let me have my phone because he's such a jerk, right? But really deep down, they're like, I'm glad I have 55 minutes away from my phone. So I take their phones, which is a great carrot in front of them sometimes when they're doing something. Because if you have a few minutes at the end of the class, you can say, hey, if you finish early or you get this score on this, you know, this practice quiz that we're doing, um, once you show me that you've gotten an 80% or higher, you can get, you can get your phone and just chill. Um, they like that. Uh, I do a lot of icebreakers or icebreakers where they have to get up and move around. Sometimes when you see the class is just, it doesn't matter how awesome your lesson is. Sometimes you just look out and it's just a sea of yawns and eye rolls and, you know, low blood sugar. It just, you know, that's that time of day. And they're just, they've been learning all day. And who knows, maybe some of them took 
they're your class. They've already taken three tests. You know, they're just not in it. Um, I always did. I always had a, a bag of tricks. Basically I went on the, you go on a website, the minute to win it competitions mm-hmm. and you just do minute to win it. It takes five minutes. They have a little thing where they goof around teachers next door always hated it. Cause they're like, what the hell is going on over there? Are they doing anything? And the answer to that question is no, they're not, they're not, they're not doing a damn thing. They're not learning anything. They're not studying economics. They're just hanging out and being teenagers and having fun and relaxing a little bit and blowing off some steam and building the community and building the community. Take them out. You know, we live in Arizona, so take them out, play kickball, you know, have a kickball in your room or have a wiffle ball bat. There's nothing wrong. Don't let people shame you in saying, I can't believe you just took your classes out today and you guys played kickball. Mm -hmm. It's like, we don't do it every week. It's, I did it once in three months, you know, like just go they're kids for goodness exactly. sake. Exactly. It's trust me, right? If you have a student, it's like, well, I'll, I will never get into Stanford if I'm out playing kickball. It's like, here's a pass to the library. Go study. I guarantee you have something to study, right? Have a question bucket where students put in questions, either current events or talk about the community. Like, why, mm. you know, for example, uh, we had an LGBTQ club at our um, school that, that got canceled uh, a few years back, you know, and this was something that students wanted to know. Like, why did that club get canceled? These are questions that they want to ask an adult and they want to know what their peers think. And you just pull those questions out and you have, hey, somebody wants to know about this. If it looks like nobody wants to talk about it, pull out another one, right? And you find something that they want to discuss because they're, they want to know, you know, what is your opinion on it as a, as a teacher? I would say to build community, leave the material. Don't be afraid to leave Mm -hmm. the material. It's, it's, I guarantee you, they're not going to remember aggregate supply shifters lesson, but they will remember that one time they went out and did a minute to win it. And, uh, you know, they got hit in the forehead with a, uh, with a rubber band. And, right. and, and it's this funny story that they'll remember and tell their grandkids. It's funny. Cause it, it's something, a couple of things you just said have just, I've got a list of things now in my brain that I'm thinking of, but we, something we all three were really good at. And everybody in our hallway that taught with us was really good at was we all stood outside of our classroom doors. And I think that, People looking in maybe think that that's so that we can interact with each other. But really, the point is we're going to greet our students at the door. And it's whether it's just a hi, Jimmy, or it's a, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? And then sometimes they'll just say hi. Sometimes they've got their earbuds in, so they walk past you. But sometimes then they're going to stop and be like, hey, this just happened. You know, and, and that's you taking little moments and look, you're not wasting, you know, wasting, I'm doing air quotes here. You're not wasting time when you're building community, but you're not using up any of that, you know, content time. If that's something that you're concerned about, that's something little you can do that I think has a really big impact on your students. And then you can, if there's an issue, you can kind of identify it at the door and it's kind of an, a, a chance to identify this kid's off today. Right. And you can have a quick conversation. Yeah. Or they're, or they'll come in. I've had it plenty of times where a student's coming in and you, you can tell, you're like, oh man, their waterworks are coming. Yep. And you're just like, hey, why don't you hear, hear real quick instead of going in in front of everybody and sitting down and, you know, doing this in front of everybody? Hey, why don't you go, why don't you go take a lap or yeah. why don't you go to counselors or something like that? And they, yeah, they appreciate that. And I think that sometimes teachers get uncomfortable. They recognize it, but then they get uncomfortable addressing it like that. And I don't think we should be uncomfortable. Like the the kids trust us for the most part. They want you to say something. They really do, you know. And so you taking the time to say, "Hey, you go do what you need to do and come back when you're ready." That that right there is building a relationship. Yeah. 
you know, a deep relationship. It's saying you're more important than the quiz we're going to take right now. Bingo. Right. And, and it's okay. We can make it up. I'll stay after or whatever, or, or you know what, just, you know, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And then the couple of years I worked with first year teachers, um, they, this, this is something they would not, this is a road they would not go down. Uh, it was really interesting because they're, they're fighting for their credibility so much and they're, they get, they get lost in the science of classroom management. And it's so, so much more, it's so much more nuanced than just, okay, these are the rules. And I think they lose the sight. It's really about them as a person mm -hmm. as much as anything else. And I think they, they get lost in that big time. And I think it's really important. And I guess us as veteran teachers, it's much easier for us. And we, you know, we're, we're, we're establishing secure enough in our, ourselves as professionals where I, I think a new teacher, that's, that's a leap. And I, but I think it's something they need to address. It's absolutely something that needs to be addressed. And if they're willing to go down that road, I think they're going to have a lot more success because I can't, I didn't come by it naturally. It was, you know, I always felt, Oh, there's, you know, these are the things that we learned in our education class. You have to have your rules. You have to get, you know, five, no more than five rules and you have to mm. stick by those rules for consistency. Yeah. It, it's, and again, that's just not who I am. It's not who I am. And I think those are, I think you guys all mentioned, you guys both mentioned that you, your, your personalities fit your community and your classroom mm -hmm. and your kids bought into that. Um, and you're successful as a, as a result of it. If you're a teacher listening to this, I think hopefully what you take away from this is, I think we all should remember as teachers that for a lot of kids, our classrooms are the only places that they're going to feel safe during their day. And I don't necessarily mean dramatically. Some kids, it's just meaning that they can be themselves. Um, so safe to be themselves, safe to relax, safe to learn, right? Um, and some kids, it's safe from parents who are neglectful or whatever. The only place they feel like someone cares about them. And so I think that um, that's a really big responsibility, um, but it's also a really, really great privilege. Um, this is the best profession ever. So, um, and I think the most important aspect of that is the human aspect. And I think we, we got to remember that. All right, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at Prep Hour Podcast. Till then, stay curious, everybody. Hey, you guys want to go play kickball? <laughs>